Thanks for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. My name is Brad, and I'm the lead campus pastor and primary preaching voice here at Cornerstone Church Airdrie. We believe that the God who spoke so clearly all through the pages of Scripture is still speaking to his kids today. So if it's me who's speaking to you or someone else on this recording, as you listen, we pray that you would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power. Enjoy the message. Have you ever gotten something new that you really had this initial excitement over um, and then began to notice wasn't quite what you hoped for? Maybe it happened this week. You got a, a present that you weren't, you know, so keen on, perhaps. Or you opened it up. You were looking forward to this thing. You opened up and something wasn't quite right. Um, maybe there was broken or, or missing pieces. Um, for us, a lot of our home furniture comes from Ikea um, because I'm a glutton for punishment and following instructions that have no words on them. But occasionally when you open an Ikea box, which I probably will be doing this afternoon because Levi got a table for Christmas, um, there's, there's a piece missing or there's a screw or something just gone. Just, it's not there. I have to tell you, it does make it very hard to put an IKEA furniture thing together when there's pieces missing. It's just not, just not the same. I also very regularly buy board games, as Jordan can attest to, and, and my wife can attest to. Um, but sometimes, occasionally, there's there's a piece that comes and it's missing or broken. Just occasionally. That's not, not that often. But what do we do when stuff like that happens? Well, most often we, uh, we phone, send a phone call or an email or something and, and talk to them and say, hey, there's this piece missing or broken. Can we you know, get a replacement or an exchange or, or something like that? One thing you can't really do that with is uh, a new year can't return it. Um, I saw a lot of posts on the internet when things started to go weird in 2020, um, you know, asking, hey, 2020 is broken. Can we get a, a refund or return? Can we try, try this again? Um, as entertaining as that is to think about, it uh, doesn't work. So we just recently, last week, finished our, our series on rediscovering Christmas. Um, so this week, didn't want to rock the boat too much. Wanted to follow something along the same vein. Because the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's is kind of this weird no man's land. It, it doesn't belong to Christmas. And it doesn't belong to something new in the New Year. Because it just kind of floats. It's just a weird, weird spot. Um, but I was thinking about as I was preparing and, and thinking about and praying about what God would have for us, I realized this Sunday itself presents a unique opportunity, especially in this past year that we've had. So 2020 will soon be over, and 2021 will begin. So these next few days give us an opportunity to look back at the good and the bad and see how they've changed us. 
But they give us an opportunity also to look ahead, to hope for something new and different to come with the changing of the calendar. Now, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but the changing of the calendar won't change much that you're currently going through. COVID won't disappear. The restrictions will still be in place, at least for another couple of weeks. But what I want to talk to you today is about something that you can change. That you can change your outlook on the world. And not just because a changing of the calendar has happened, um, but because of a change in you. It was just convenient that the changing of the calendar happened, so it prompts all of these thoughts of new stuff and renewal and all of that, um, that our brains kind of get in this, we're ready for change sort of mode. Um, the, the, we add a one instead of a zero to our, to our calendars, and we're, we're ready for, for change. And, and this year, more than most, we're ready uh, for change. But I don't want to talk to you about some resolution, something that, you know, by February you'll have forgotten about, um, just like your gym membership. The Bible itself often talks about renewal. So this morning we're going to take a look and see what that means for us, and where in our lives we need to ask Jesus to renew us. So just because the changing of the calendar won't change what we're going through, doesn't mean that it can't be changed. If we choose to pursue renewal in our lives, many things can change, and the calendar will be the least of our worries. So we're going to take a look at a couple of different passages about renewal uh, this morning and see what that looks like for us as Christians. Uh, So we're going to start in Romans 12 this morning. Uh, In verse 1, Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, and what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So the word... Uh, transformed here in Greek. I'm not going to try and pronounce Greek like Brad does. I'll just leave that to him. Um, But it's not talking about this outward sort of uh, transformation. But rather, it's talking about a transformation that starts on the inside and works its way out. It's like caterpillars changing into a butterfly. Up until recently, I didn't know that a caterpillar, when it's in the cocoon, it actually turns into goo. Kind of gross, kind of weird. But it becomes something different, entirely changed and transformed. But then it changes again and comes out of the cocoon and becomes this beautiful butterfly. That is the kind of transformation that Paul is talking about here. It's not some superficial washing of the outside so that it looks good but is really gross on the inside, like when the dishwasher just doesn't work properly. But rather it's a complete 
transformation into something else entirely. Perhaps this year has been your cocoon. You've turned to goo. Maybe you're a little gross. That's fine. But it's time to come out of the cocoon. And what will you turn into? After going through hardships, fear, and loss of this year, will you try and come out as the same caterpillar that you went in? Or will you embrace the change that God is bringing in your life and come out as the butterfly that he intended? So when we allow our minds to be conformed by the world, by social media, by news, by the bitterness of experience, life will not look the way that you had hoped or the way that God had intended for you. When we allow those things to shape us, the result will not be something nice to be a part of. It's like if I were to try and make something out of clay. Using my hands to you know, shape on the wheel, doing the, the whole thing. Without any guidance, I have no experience. What I co would come up with would not be something nice to look at. It would be a slightly shaped ball of clay. It would not be pretty. But when someone who is a potter, who has dedicated their life to making these things, beautiful things can be made. It comes down to what are you dedicating your life to? A potter dedicates his life to making beautiful things. I am not a potter, so you get it. Through your time and your money, where does your allegiance lie? Earlier in the book of Romans, in chapter 8, Paul will put it like this. It says in verse 1, he says, Now, there's there, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the, the things of the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the things of the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the things of the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The renewing of our minds happens when we decidedly set our minds on the things of the Spirit. It's a shift in how we see the world. From the things of the flesh to the things of the spirit. In fact, if, if the church in general was less concerned about wearing masks 
masks or having limited capacity or being stuck at home and more concerned about people living in desperate need of someone to reach out to them and tell them that they love them and how, ask how they're doing, I guarantee you that the world around us would look different. And we ourselves would look more like Jesus. There are so many people hurting. And we can often fail to see it because of where our eyes are set. We're all guilty of it, me included. It's not some sort of, I'm not trying to point fingers, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. It's a call for us to bring our hearts and minds to focus on Jesus and the things of the Spirit. As we enter a new year, our minds can be ready for a new change, a new outlook of how we see things. When we focus on, encourage you to focus on Jesus rather than walking through with just blinders seeing what you want to see. Encourage you to seek God's voice, to, to see where your focus has been off and where it needs to be realigned back to the things of the Spirit. It's being done with the old self, being done with the flesh, being dedicated to our new life in Jesus that we get when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Ephesians 4 puts it like this. It says, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and it's corrupt and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So we are called to put off the old ways, to put off the trappings of the flesh, the, the desires of the world. If you need a description of that, you can look just right before that in Ephesians 4 where Paul describes some not-so-great things. We are to live lives that look the way God intended it from the beginning. Lives that have a likeness to God himself. But what does that look like? What does living according to the Spirit or putting on the new self look like? Well, Paul will, will describe in the next verses. In verse 25, he says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity the devil. So now I just want to interject here, because I've heard a few people tell me previously that when I'm angry, I can think better after a night's sleep. And it's just, if I go to bed and I do it that way, it's good. Well, I just want to point out to you that that's not at all what this verse is saying. It is not talking about going to bed. This verse is talking about letting anger take hold in your life. It's not just, I'm going to go to bed and have it at that. It's allowing this anger to take root and to form bitterness and to form 
just change your entire life because you've allowed it to take hold. When we allow it to become a place where the devil has an opportunity to snare us, that's what this verse is talking about. Paul is saying that we, to deal with these things, to don't let them become something that takes root in your heart. So if you need to sleep on it, that's okay. But don't let that be the end of it. Deal with the issues. Deal with the anger. Because if you don't, it will cause bigger and harder problems to deal with. So we continue on in, in verse 28. It says, let, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that we may have something to share or that he may have something to share with those in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only what is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, and let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I hope this goes without saying, but sometimes you need to say things that are without saying anyway. But this also applies to the words we type on the internet. That we're not somehow exempt from behaving just because we're hiding behind a keyboard. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths or off your fingers on your keyboard, but only what is good for building up as fits the occasion that may give grace to those who hear it. And now these verses aren't... Now hear, hear me in this. These verses aren't talking about using or not using specific words. I'm also not giving you permission to swear. But it's not just talking about the specific words you use. It is the manner in which you speak to someone. Is the manner of your talk belittling, angry, condescending, or with the intent to tear down? That's what Paul's talking about. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. It's not just the words that we speak, but how we use them. I feel like the last verse really sums up everything that Paul is saying up until this point. He says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You'll also notice that there's no qualifiers to that. It's important that you hear these three words. Forgive one another. We didn't qualify for the forgiveness given to us by God through Jesus. Nor should we require that of others. People don't need to qualify to receive forgiveness. We didn't. When we were still in sin, 
Christ came for us. Before we knew him, he came for us. May we be people who look different because of the work in Jesus in our lives, in person and on the internet. May we be those not easily angered or easily offended, but kind-hearted and forgiving one another. I don't have a lot to add that these few scriptures have already added or already said. A life lived with a focus on the Spirit will be a life that is changed not by things of the world, but by the things of the Spirit. It will be through this you will have the power to change the world, to make all things new, to renew your mind through the power of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4 makes it pretty clear that someone who has allowed Jesus to renew their mind and is walking in the new self that Ephesians describes is very concerned about other people. Even when Paul mentions the thief to tell him not, don't steal anymore, why does he tell him not to steal? It's so that he can have, he can do work so that he has something to share with those in need. It's about other people. It's not about us. It's not about us being selfish. A life lived in the spirit, a life lived for Christ is a life lived for other people. So as the calendar change approaches, I encourage you to allow a more significant change than a number. I encourage you to shift off from thinking of ourselves and having concern about those around us. Allow our minds to be on the things of the spirit and not on the things of the flesh. Thanks again for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. I pray that you were blessed by what God had to say in this message. If you would like to connect further with Cornerstone Church, there are a couple places you can go. First is our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com, and select the Airdrie campus. And some of the best ways to connect with us is through our social media channels. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstoneairdrie. Follow us on Twitter at csairdrie. And on Instagram at cornerstoneairdrie. If you'd like to connect with the pastoral team at Cornerstone, you can do that again through our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com. Click on the Airdrie campus, then click on the About Us on the main menu, and then one last click on Our Campus Pastors. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and get new messages delivered directly to you. We are so thankful to be able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with our community in Airdrie and with you today. At Cornerstone Church Airdrie, we are a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. And that family includes you. We follow Jesus together as family we go.
keeps feeling.